we have to find a way to talk and have dialogue and be tolerant between other views. You have to have open dialogue, and that's where free speech is so important. Consent's a very important thing, and today in the Me Too movement, it's been very important because I think it's really opened up a lot of eyes. Cannabis is a healing herb. We as the people, we need to stand up and make a move. If you committed sexual assault, doesn't matter when it was, you should be held accountable for that. However, we have to make sure that we actually make sure they committed sexual assault, and we have to make sure that all allegations are verified. So put in these programs thinking that it'll help everyone, but what they forget is that the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think that's what this whole movement is all about anyways, is uh, trying to be open to ideas. Welcome to Liberty Talks Podcast with John Douglas and Matt Stratus. Today we're talking about a very sad bunch of stories, and it all has to do with abortion because the left is crazy, but not just the left. There are a couple conservatives on the right who maybe we should say conservatives. Ben Spiro. Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren, yeah. Uh, who are having some problems with the Alabama bill. We're going to talk about the problem with their problems and why their problems are problematic. So let's get right into it. So first off, as everyone knows, Georgia and Alabama have passed two very strong pro-life bills. Uh, so the first one, Georgia, is a heartbeat bill. So it bans abortions after the first heartbeat. And the one in Alabama is a flat-out uh, pro-life bill that bans all abortion, including rape and incest. The only abortion they allow is abortion that will save the mother's life, which there almost is no reason ever why an abortion would save a mother's life yeah it's actually uh just real typically uh just real quick here it's actually more risky for a woman to have an abortion than it is to just induce labor into her it seems obvious yeah but you know it's not it's not obvious because you know we talk about actual science and then you got people who just shout science <laughs> but aren't don't actually care about it so it, it's a big problem. So, uh, but what we're going to look at is we've talked about abortion on here before. We've talked about the pro-life movement and how we feel about it. And just in case you haven't heard those previous episodes, we're both very pro-life. Uh, I, I believe that abortion should be illegal, including abortion for rape and incest. Uh, if you want to know why, you can listen to some of our earlier videos. We don't have time to go into that right now. And uh, can you just real quick describe your views on that? Oh, uh, yeah. It's pretty simple. Abortion is murder. There you go. So, so when it comes to the Alabama bill, there unfortunately is a tendency amongst the right uh, to get very squeamish about pro-life bills and going too far. And this, this is an area of great annoyance to me. If you, watch, if you listen to my interview with Mark, Marco Roberts, we actually talk about this, that Republicans never actually go out there and take a stand. They're never the first ones to engage in the conversation. They react to the conversation they don't create the conversation and marco and oh i thought you were done huh? marco roberts he's the he's the law cabin guy yeah yeah wow. he, he's from log cabin republicans See, this is this is uh i'm actually gonna have uh uh john come on my podcast at the uh the king's rights or my youtube channel it's just called matt travis but but it's through the king's rights um and um this is one of the issues i want to talk to you about it's the stuff that y'all talked about on that podcast. In particular, the, uh, the morality argument that we should be arguing from 
a standpoint of morality when it comes to pretty much every political issue, because almost every political issue is a uh, a, a moral argument. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, that's definitely moral. an important. Uh, that's definitely an important discussion to be had. So I'll, I'll definitely be happy to talk about that. But uh, what we saw with the Democrats is in New York, in Virginia, in Rhode Island, they pushed all these very radical infanticide bills out meant to uh, murder babies all the way up to the point of birth or even in Virginia's case after uh, with Ralph Northam. And, and so because they did this, it's evil, but they have the advantage and that now they're leading the discussion and now conservatives have to react to it. So that's why it's good that Alabama is pushing the most pro-life bill in the nation's history because now conservatives are leading the discussion and the discussion is that abortion is murder and that it should never be allowed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But, but so, the problem with the right is this makes a lot of conservatives uncomfort uncomfortable because the truth is conservatives are scared of conflict. They're scared of being called a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, you know, the, uh, all of the words, all of the isms, all the phobes. Uh, and, and so that's why when you have a bill of this uh, extreme pro-life, which isn't really extreme, it's just correct, uh, some of them get squeamish, and we're, we're going to take a look at that. Yeah, yeah. I talked about that today. I, I, was, I went on a little, little rant on Twitter um, and talked about how if you don't have a position that the culture thinks is extreme today, then you're, you're essentially not pro-life. You, you don't actually advocate on behalf of unborn babies because, well... You have to be extreme on this issue. All right. Anyway, let's get to the tweets. So pretty much everything that we have for this episode is on Twitter because everybody decided to vomit out their nonsense on Twitter after this bill came out. And I'm course, like the only person who waits two weeks to ever tweet anything. If I do tweet anything, I, I'm just going to say I hate Twitter. I hate social media. So wrong with you. I, I, I know. So I, the only time I go on it is when I'm actually want to do something important. So uh, the only thing I tweeted about, which we will probably see later, is about letthemlive.org. That's a story that we'll get to at the end of the podcast. Uh, I hate Twitter so much because it's just a cesspool of stupid things that everyone says. Yes, but actually, I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah. but, I actually love Twitter. But but going into this cesspool of stupid things people say, now, now don't get me wrong, I love being on Twitter and reading people's stupid stuff. I just don't like to engage in the stupid stuff. Well, I actually like it for an entirely different reason. I'm going to go on a quick little rant here. So the reason why I like social media is because everybody, all right, people tweet really stupid things, but there's yeah. no reason you should ever have to tweet something really stupid. If I tweet something that's, that's, that's legitimately problematic, as left likes to say, um, if I tweet something that's legitimately problematic, I will be the first one to admit I probably put a lot of thought in that tweet. So you can really rag on me. <laughs> like you can slam me and know that I put a lot of thought in that tweet because it's so easy to put thought into a tweet or a Facebook post or a blog post because you can sit there, you can type something, you can read it. You can go, now, how is somebody going to tear this apart? What could be the possible problems with this? You can reword it to make it make more sense. You can reword it once you realize, ah, that's not really true. I'll, you know, I'll fix that. You know, and then you can tweet it out. So you can sit there and like analyze your own thought and think, what are the critics of this point of view going to say? And how can, I, how can I fill any holes in order to be sure that people aren't misunderstanding, to be sure that I'm being extremely clear about what I'm saying? So if I tweet something stupid, feel free to rag on me because I thought about it. And that's well, why I like Twitter and Facebook because you can actually do that. Like on podcasts, I'll say dumb shit on the podcast all the time. If somebody Twitter criticizes me for it, I'm going to go, eh, yeah, whatever. But yeah. 
But I, as we all know, I've never said a dumb thing in my life. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, we're going to look at three tweets here from three different conservatives. Uh, now, these tweets are going to go two, in two order conservatives. of two conservatives and one not conservative. Yeah, yeah, good, good point. <laughs> so these tweets are going to go in order from really bad to just bad. So, yep. so uh, Tommy Laren says. Um, just in response to the Alabama bill in general, this tweet by itself, it wasn't a subtweet or anything else. She said, I will be attacked by fellow conservatives for saying this, but also, what the heck did I just read? <laughs> I will be attacked by fellow. It's really hard to read something that's on a giant screen right next to your face. Um, I will be attacked by fellow conservatives for saying this, but so be it. This Alabama abortion ban is too restrictive. It doesn't save lives. It simply forces women into more dangerous methods, other states or countries. I have so much stats to call bullshit on this. I should have I should have prepared more on very specific stats, but I can give general I can give general truths about statistics realities concerning what she just said here. But her last sentence is you don't encourage life via blanket government mandates. So I guess you wanted to hit on the blanket government mandates part. So I'll let you go first. Tommy Laren is a very not smart person. I think is the best way to say it. Uh, and so th this tweet really shows that. So, you know, she's pro-choice, which is fine. I mean, that's that's on her. I think you can have conservative positions still be pro-choice. I just don't think you're a true conservative and you have not uh, studied conservative philosophy. Uh, and Tommy Larian... At that point, you're just a moderate. I wouldn't say you're a moderate. I'd just say you're an uninformed conservative because... And Tommy Larian proves yeah, this. He's bragged about never reading books. Well... That means she doesn't actually know what conservatism is. I bet she can't articulate it. Like, if I ask you what conservatism is, you can give me a good answer. If you ask me what conservatism yeah. is, I can give you a good answer. If you ask Tommy what conservatism is, I don't think she can give you a good answer. I don't think she knows herself. She just knows that's what she believes in. Yeah. But that's why – but since she can't articulate it, it's why she's not pro-life because she doesn't know about the ideas behind the conservative movement. Yeah. And this isn't me saying it. This is her openly bragging about how she doesn't read books which was meant to sort of be a jab at Ben Shapiro because, you know, Ben Shapiro reads books um, and conservatives read books. So anyways, we're going into her tweet. <clears throat> now I'm, I'm going to start with the bottom part. And I think Travis wants to, uh, Matt wants to do the uh, top part. So going into the bottom part, it says, you don't encourage life via blanket government mandate. <laughs> this is why Tommy Lahren's not a good conservative because like I said, she can't articulate what conservatism is. And this uh, last line proves that so well. It's actually kind of amazing. So, cons so conservatism is a belief that we have to c conserve the liberal, uh, small L liberal constitutional uh, idea, a revolutionary idea of our founding fathers. Uh, that's one definition. The other definition, which is the more important one, is that we are meant as conservatives to conserve the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, this is the problem with Tommy Lahren's tweets. You don't encourage life via blanket government mandate. Well, let me tell you something that Jamis, Je that Jamis, that Thomas Jefferson once wrote. Mr. Jamis. Mr. Jamis. Here's something Thomas Jefferson once wrote. It was a long time ago. You, you may have heard of it, Travis. I, I don't know. It's kind of a out there text. Not many people know of it. You may have heard about it. He once wrote this thing called the Declaration of Independence. So I don't know if you heard of that one. It's, not that big of a deal or anything, but he wrote it in this. Uh, I thought that was Columbus. Oh, uh, yeah. Christopher Columbus wrote it. Right, right. So, was... so Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of Independence 
we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are hey listen listen to this important thing life liberty and the pursuit of happiness so this means that the that every human has these three main rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness now travis what is the role of government why do we have a government this is an important question that i don't think tommy laren's ever asked herself why do we have government uh, to protect individual rights or exactly. inalienable rights as, as you stated there exactly yeah to protect this is the rights of life liberty and property it's literally yeah. written in our declaration of independence exactly so when tommy Lairton says you don't encourage life via blanket government mandate that is exactly why the government was created to encourage life not just to encourage it to protect it so when the government is actively murdering babies that is not protecting life that is ending life this is not so this is the opposite of what the government was erected to do all right um but yeah that's exactly right this is this is um and i actually responded to her in fact we can we can pull that up Ooh, i bet it's the one right before this yes it is look at that isn't he beautiful um and i said uh, <laughs> not attack just stop calling yourself cons uh, just ask you to stop calling yourself conservative you're not which is kind of making the point you are i take it a little further i i literally don't think you're conservative if you don't understand because if you can't if you don't understand the principle of protecting individual rights as being the main factor or as i stated here uh, conservative being rooted in the right to life liberty and property which property is the pursuit of happiness that's what they meant by pursuit of happiness they just didn't want to use the word property because they thought that would have been used to um justify slavery at some point down the line um mm -hmm. so so yeah if, if you don't even you believe that you're conservative so i said the exact same thing in my tweet um, if you're not for banning murder, you're not conservative because that's that's literally the only function of government is to protect individual rights. Why do we have a why do we want a big military? We want a big military because we want to be able to protect our borders so people don't come in and violate our rights. Why do we right. ban murder? Because uh, killing people is a violation of individual rights. That's why we have a police force. We do what? So I have a police force. Yeah. To why, yeah. Rights. Why do we have a police force? Why do we justify paying for a police force? with with some sort of government um income whether that be taxes or whatever obviously that's a whole other conversation but but why do we why do we say that's justified because they are there to protect individual rights that's the only function of government and everything stems from that and there and and there is there is a, a bit of a range of where you could where you could fall and still be reasonably considered conservative as far as what we should do to protect individual rights and what is actually protecting individual rights whereas i mean compared to what is what is just overstepping boundaries and pretending as if it's protecting individual rights right. so for instance socialized medicine is not protecting your individual right to life right because because the because the point of protecting the individual right to life is that you're stopping another person or another government, whether it be a state government or local government or whatever, from perpetuating some policy or, 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 or taking some action that, that directly attacks your life, right? And Whereas socialized medicine is, is just protecting you from yourself, essentially. So it's not no, protecting you well, from other people violating your, your individual well, rights. Well, not exactly, because uh, the problem that the left and the socialists have when it comes to things like basic universal health care and things like that, when they declare these things are rights, mm -hmm. is that that's called a positive right. So what we're talking about yeah. is negative rights, life, liberty, property. These are protections from the government. You have these rights that cannot be taken away from you and it's the role of the government to protect them. Uh, yeah, exactly. These are called negative rights. 
what the left likes is positive rights, rights that the government does give to you. The problem with these rights is that one, they can be taken away, and two, they're not actually rights. You don't have a human right to health care. And this is what the left gets wrong so much. I already can see one of the criticisms coming out is people are going to say, well, if you're so pro-life, why are you for the death penalty? Which, just real quick, are you for the death penalty? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I've gone back and forth on this, but I, all right. If, if I had to, if I had to give my overall opinion of it, it's, I don't care because if you've murdered somebody or raped someone, that's just not a top priority for me to stop you from getting the death penalty for it. Um, but I do go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, ah, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. And I, I'll view it from a Christian perspective, but, um, I, I think that it's probably, it's probably moral and just to have the death penalty for certain crimes, specifically ones listed in the Bible that have the death penalty, like murder and rape. But um, anyway, continue on. The, the, the way I see it is the death penalty isn't just all right. It's a good, good thing to have because here, here's the thing about the death penalty. The death penalty isn't a pro-life issue. The death penalty is a criminal justice issue. Uh, when someone breaks into your house, that is one infringement on your property, and two is infringement on your right on, on your life because now they're threatening you. Mm-hmm. And whenever you infringe on someone else's rights, you forfeit your own. So yeah. if someone breaks into your house and you shoot them, that's because they forfeited the right to your life when they infringed on your right to property. Whenever we put someone in jail, that is because uh, they committed a crime. When they committed a crime, they forfeited their right to liberty, which is why they are now incarcerated. Yeah. So, so yes, the death penalty under uh, under the pro-life is a good, isn't just a, isn't a bad thing. It's, it's not anti-pro-life because, uh, b- because everyone has the right to life. But once you've committed a crime, you've, uh, once you've infringed on someone else's rights, you have given up your own rights in return. Now, babies have not infringed on anyone's rights because yeah. they can't, they're babies. And, so, and to, to, I would say that the real problem with that argument is not even like if, if somebody you can be against the death penalty and you would still be ridiculous to point out that somebody who is, who is uh, pro-life is also pro death penalty. Just yeah. because again, like you said, like you, I want to really hit on the point that you said that we're talking about the difference um, between somebody who has violated someone's rights and has been convicted through a court of law through due process. Right. Versus somebody who's done absolutely nothing. We continue on. You're talking yeah, about the, the babies who've uh, yeah. done absolutely nothing. And this is the to- this is the problem with Tommy Laren is that she doesn't know stuff, and since she doesn't know stuff, she's making me talk about basic conservative thought uh, in response to her tweet, which shows that she's not a good conservative. And I think calling her a conservative is going a little bit far. I mean, I don't want to say too many bad things about her because people already say bad things about her a lot. Though I do have some really funny stories about her, uh, some personal stories. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I, uh, I won't tell those on the air. Yeah, personal about stories about Loren? About Tommy Laren. Yeah. Getting crunk in here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I will tell, I'll tell that later. I won't tell it on the air. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, Tommy Laren, she doesn't really know things. She needs to do more research. I doubt she will. Uh, so let's move on. So the next one is... Found it. Perfect timing. All right. So no, we're not moving on. <laughs> I, got, I got my aspect of this. I've just, I've been sitting here looking for this forever. Okay. The second part of her tweet, I mean, the first part of her tweet, she says, it doesn't save life. It simply forces women into more dangerous methods, uh, other states or countries. Oh, I don't have the stats for the other states, but I know the reality of other states. So a lot of this is based off of Texas. But I, I did a tweet responding to a pastor a while back that was saying, uh, 
Um, saying you will stop it and stopping it are two different things. I don't know. It doesn't matter what he said. Okay, I was responding to a pastor who was, who was trying to say that Republicans create a culture of hopelessness or some nonsense like that. Okay, and um, so, of course, I point out upwards of 800,000 dead babies. Hold on, let me get down to the stats. From 2013 to 2014, Texas saw a, about a 14% decrease in abortions in one year. We passed a major piece of legislation in Texas that put a lot of regulations on abortion clinics that shut abortion clinics down. That's what banning abortion would do. It would start shutting abortion clinics down. So in one year, we saw a 14% decrease. In that same year, uh, New York saw a 2% decrease because they passed, they just passed nothing. There's no changes in New York law at all. So you have a 700% higher decrease in the number of abortions. Now, the other point, so first of all, the idea that it doesn't stop abortion is bullcrap. Now she combats that in her tweet by saying, let me go back to you and make sure I remember what it is, right? She said, you force them into more dangerous methods, other states or countries. First of all, you don't, I mean, the Alabama law, I guess you could, you could argue it forced them on the more dangerous methods. But keep in mind, Tommy Loren is entirely pro-choice. She, she thinks that, at the very least, she thinks that first and second trimester abortion shouldn't be allowed. I don't know what she thinks about third, but I know first and second, she thinks they shouldn't be allowed. They, they shouldn't be allowed. They should we're be allowed. We're not talking about somebody, they should be allowed, yeah. So we're not talking about somebody who's, who's just going after the Alabama bill. She thinks this about almost all abortion bills, with the exception of, well, anyway, that doesn't matter. So... So the more dangerous methods, that's just illogical. If you can go to another state, you're not going to do the more dangerous method, right? If I'm, in, if I'm in, in Ohio and I can go to, uh, what's right next to Ohio? Pennsylvania. And I can, I can go right over to Pennsylvania and get an abortion. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to go get a back alley abortion in Ohio. That makes no sense. I think Indiana is right next to it. Indiana? Okay. I know uh, Pennsylvania is pretty close, but anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but, Our geography skills. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so more dangerous methods. Maybe that applies to the Alabama bill. I don't know, but, but it doesn't apply to anything else. And you have to think in context of her general philosophy on this. Yeah, you're actually making a really good point. The next thing she says is, so, I, I, I hear people say this all the time. That's why I make that point. It's because people will literally say that in the comments if they, if they disagree with us here. They will literally say, you're going to force back alley abortions. No, back alley abortions, maybe in the case if every state did an Alabama type thing, you'd have back alley abortions, but you don't. Now, what does happen is people go to other states. but People don't go to other states as often as they like to pretend. So in Texas, that 14% decrease, our out-of-state abortion rate, which means people who live in Texas, live in a county in Texas, because they record this by county, live in a county in Texas that got an abortion, but said that they got, got an abortion in out-of-state, Oklahoma, uh, Louisiana, you know, whatever, any surrounding state, only went up by like 1%. So you have an increase, I mean, a decrease of 14% and an increase of out-of-state abortions by 14, I mean, 1%. So you're still, you're still looking at a 13% decrease, even if you include those. So, and, so that's also bullcrap. People don't go out of state because the thing is, is this is, I had James Silverman on my podcast recently. And one of the things he pointed out is this is a difficult decision for a lot of girls. So if you just put small barriers in their way, and especially if you put a barrier like making it illegal, they're just not going to do it. And that's absolutely true. When you put barriers in the way, they generally don't drive to other states to do it. Now, that's a really good point. I've always, and the other point against that is uh, back alley abortions is I don't understand why that's an argument for legalizing abortions yeah. because uh, it's terrible if someone commits a back alley abortion, but 
that's not an argument for legalizing all abortions. It'd be like saying that people murder, even though murder is illegal. Therefore, why not just make all murder illegal? Well, yeah. it doesn't follow. Yeah, uh, and you could follow that with any any other individual right, like stealing. Exactly. If you um, don't allow people to steal food legally, well, then they're going to steal food anyway. It's just they're going to be uh, afraid of getting shot by the person who they're stealing food from. So we just have yeah, to let everybody steal food. We have to have everybody let's steal clothes, which, by the way, they did that in Texas recently. I don't know. I'm in Dallas. Did you see that story? No. Oh, it's fantastic. So a theft under $750 that is, that is deemed arbitrarily necessary. So like if I were to steal a coat during the winter, if I were to steal food from Walmart, under $750, they're not prosecuting those anymore. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. And they stopped a bunch of, and they stopped giving tickets for marijuana stuff. I mean, not tickets. Uh, they stopped. Well, yeah, I think they stopped giving tickets too. I think they stopped prosecution of, of just simple uh, possession of small amounts of marijuana. Well, Michael's going to love that. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I don't, yeah, he tweeted about it. <laughs> yeah. Michael Anderson is who we're talking about for those of y'all that don't know. He's a big uh, liberty he's, activist. He's part of a, he was part of Young Americans for Liberty at U of H. Uh, and he, he runs uh, with, uh, he's the co-founder along with me yeah. of the Liberty Talks podcast. Exactly. He tweeted out about it whenever it came out. He was like, I have mixed feelings about this because theft should still be illegal, but you should not be prosecuting people for small amounts of marijuana. But anyway, let's move on. We're getting off topic. Uh, yeah. So, so the next tweet we're going to look at is from an actual conservative who actually knows conservative thought. He's just nervous about this bill. It's uh, someone who I actually like and I've met, uh, Guy Benson. Let's take a look at his tweet. So he had a, there's a few that we, you got to kind of analyze here on his. And, uh, and uh, this guy's pretty good right here. If y'all don't know Presby, Presby Polemics, go ahead and follow him. I don't know if I said that right. Polemics? Is that how you say it? That's how I'm saying let, it. Let them know you give them a plug. Right. I know, right? Yeah. At Presby Polemics. It's good stuff. All right. So Guy Benson, his initial tweet said, I'm pro-life. This bill goes too far. I also say this. Um, it's the opposite equivalent of, oh, I hate this. Oh, I hate this. It's, it's the opposite equivalent, opposite equivalent of the radical late-term abortion laws being proposed and passed in various states. These laws are all far outside the mainstream, which favors significant new restrictions, but not blanket bans. Matt, you know what's far outside the mainstream? Uh, murdering people? Yeah, killing babies. Yeah, <laughs> that should be far outside the mainstream, but it's not. Hang on, give me one moment. You okay? Okay, because it could pick you up. Okay. No, nah, I'm not hearing anything from him. Okay. okay. What do we uh, talk about, Dan? <laughs> Come on. All right. Producer Dan. We'll just call him Producer Dan. Producer Dan. Yeah, we got Producer yeah. Dan backstage. Bro, we're going to make you a character. Every time something happens now, we're going to be like, Come on, Producer Dan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So, what were you commenting on? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, the idea that this, that the Alabama law is the opposite equivalent of the New York, uh, radical infanticide abortion law, that is completely false because as we said earlier with Tommy Lair and Sweet, everyone has a right to life, liberty, property, and that is the role of the government to protect life. So saying that it's radical to stop the government from killing babies, that just doesn't follow. And Guy Benson knows better than this. Uh, I, and honestly, I don't get what his argument is for here. He says yeah. that it goes way too far. And that it's the uh, opposite of what happened in New York, but I'm not seeing his basis for that. But I think he explains it in his later tweets, right? Yeah. So he says. So of course, what to keep in mind here, the 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 thing that's that's really gonna 
that really makes you realize where he's going with this whenever he says it's the opposite equivalent of radical late-term abortion. So, and you'll kind of see that as we go down. Um, Live action. Yeah. Here we go. Live action responded to it. They said, how does it go too far? We must, let's go ahead and make that big. How does it go too far? We must fight for a culture where every single human being in the womb is protected regardless of their age, circumstance, conception, etc." which is obviously true. And so here goes his response to it. He says, but our culture is not there yet. We've made real progress. That also a horrible argument. This was my criticism of it, is that he's saying our culture isn't there yet. I said, if it's extreme to our culture to not want to murder babies, you should be extreme. That's the moral thing to do. One could argue that our culture wasn't there yet to free the slaves because we had a civil yeah. war, yet we still freed the slaves because it was the moral thing to do. Yeah, and at the time, the moral thing to argue was to free the slaves, not to have not to have uh, uh, just regulations. Yeah. Right? Not that Not that. if that's the only thing you can get, you don't do it. Yeah, if that's the only thing you can get, go for it. Save many lives you can along the way. But if, you know, get my point. Okay, we've made real progress as large majorities of voters now favor more pro-life reforms. But several provisions of this law are very unpopular. I don't care. And could <laughs> set back our shared calls. This is especially true as we contend with a deeply biased press. Now, I, I understand that argument, but with the press, because you know, the, but everyone knows the press is biased. Everyone hates the press, so it's not going to be that big of a deal. But the problem is that this will not set our cause back. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is probably going to strike it down because uh, Gorsuch, uh, not Gorsuch, Gorsuch, uh, because uh, Kavanaugh and Kennedy are cowards. Uh, but that doesn't matter because. Uh, just because a bunch of judges don't like it doesn't mean that it's not correct. Uh, don't forget that the governor and the legislators of Alabama all take a pledge to defend the Constitution as it's written, not as the judges of the Supreme Court interpret it. And, yeah. and so this is very important. So yeah, states, it might not hold up in the Supreme Court doesn't mean we shouldn't stop trying. Every single state should be passing a law like this and should be keep challenging and fighting the Supreme Court on it every step of the way. Yeah, we have we have three branches of our federal government, but really we have four areas of checks and balances. And that's the 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 three branches of federal government and then the states. The states yeah. are a part of that. Exactly. They're, they're their own sovereign entities. They get to to be in the process of determining uh, um, what the cons how to interpret the constitution. And whenever the Supreme Court interprets it in an absolutely insane way, they can say, No, that's insane. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. go along with that. If if you're that committed to your interpretation, send your federal government, send your feds with the guns. This is called federalism. <laughs> exactly. High school. Exactly. Using technical terminology that uh, that most people in, in 2019 don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, let's go on to the next part of his tweet. All right. So this is the this is the one where he really hits home the idiocy of what he's saying. All right. We can save the additional innocent lives uh, via more humane pro-life laws while winning hearts and minds on elements of this debate that are difficult to legislate. Banning abortion for a rape victim early in that pregnancy is ethically consistent, but alienates uh, the persuadables. So there's two things that happen in this tweet. Number one, he contradicts himself within the same tweet. He calls it, he calls it, uh, them not humane because he wants something that's more humane. Something that is less humane is not humane. Um, and he says uh, that it's ethically consistent. That that prosecuting for rape is ethically consistent. So that leads me with one two conclusions. Either by more humane, he's referring to something other than the rape, 
charging, I mean, uh, uh, making it illegal to get abortion in cases of rape. I don't, yeah. I don't know. But either way, he is saying that it is that we should look for more humane ways, which means that he does have a moral disagreement with it. Yeah. I'm going to guess. Not just more, strategy. I'm going to guess his moral disagreement comes from the rape and incest case. Uh, so I'm just going to address the argument real quick. One, all life has intrinsic value. And two, the value of your life is not dictated by the circumstances surrounding your birth. If a man rapes a woman, that guy should be uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent to the law and probably even further than that he should uh probably I, I think he should get the death penalty i think he should be sent to hell and rot in the lowest levels of it uh but the baby is not responsible for the crimes of its father and it should not be held accountable as such uh every life has intrinsic value and that child should be allowed to live its life uh as it as it wants and not, not just that it should it should have the opportunity to live that life instead of, of being killed for it because in the end it's still a human being yeah. Um, yeah. Additionally, I think so. The rape one you covered. It's 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 easy to cover. It's laughable that people that people try to justify it by saying somebody was raped because it's, the, it's a baby is clearly not responsible for it. It's an emotional argument, not a logic based argument. the yeah. The idea is that a woman getting raped is one of the most emotional things that uh, that ever happens. Therefore, they're going to try to make use that emotion to capitalize on it. But the problem is that. A uh, law made on emotion is the worst law there is. Law made on actual logic and uh, is the best type of laws there are. And if you're going to tell me that we should legalize all abortion there is, all the way up into including uh, when the baby's about to leave the womb, uh, all the way to uh, dilation, it just doesn't follow because it's not logical. It's just an emotional argument, but there's no logical consistency to that. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, guy Vincent, he's better than this. He's a really smart guy. He's a guy I really respect. Um, so it kind of shocks me he's tweeting this out, which is really dumb and stupid and contradictory. Yeah. That was – that. yeah. You just summed up my mm -hmm. entire experience on Twitter the last few days. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we're going to look at one more conservative who – we. Uh, oh, yeah. One more point on, on the rape and incest before we jump into, into Ben Shapiro. Oh, yeah. To give credit to Ben Shapiro before we, before we harp on Ben Shapiro. Um, is uh one one point to this is he always says that Ben Shapiro always says um, apathy does not make good public policy and that's exactly what's happening here. Whenever you see these emotional arguments, this is apathy trying to be uh, trying to to take form. I mean, people are trying to push apathy in the form of public policy. Right. It, it doesn't work because because you're always going to have the the problem is once you start going to apathy, you're going to have these pet issues that you and it can happen with abortion too although abortion is 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 a a horrid moral atrocity that's currently act that's actually occurring in the country right now so so there's good reason to have apathy for them and you don't have to base have to base your policies on apathy you can base them on science and reason huh i think you mean empathy am i saying the wrong word i think so <laughs> i think it's empathy yeah yeah i am thinking empathy why am I? Why am I saying apathy? Uh, but anyway, English I just said it like six language. times too. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, apathy is like a like a like like you're not interested. Yeah, like apathetic. Like I'm not. Why was I saying apathy? Anyway, empathy, empathy. But but yeah. So so you shouldn't make base public policy on empathy. Why are you apathy? Anyway, <laughs> let's continue on because I forgot where I was now. Um, yeah. Uh, so so, so, so sorry, let's go. just. Uh, so yeah, you shouldn't base public law on empathy because. Um, if you're going to do that, then you got to bring it to its logical conclusion. It's just logical extension. 
And if you're going to make the argument that we should base public policy on empathy, then you're going to have to answer why we shouldn't just confiscate everyone's money in the United States and just give it to the poorest person on earth. Exactly. That's a, yeah. And that's exactly my point is that's what it leads to. You get stuck on this. And a lot of times you get stuck on a pet issue, like police brutality, even abortion. You can get stuck on that when it comes to like on abortion. If you are making laws based off of apathy, we just execute everyone who's got an abortion right now. Like that's the argument from, uh, I said it again. Why do I keep saying apathy? Empathy. If you raise the <laughs> argument from empathy, it's just, we, we, we are so concerned and feel so bad for these children that have been murdered that we just retroactively create laws that that send every woman who's ever gotten abortion to prison but that's not logical and that's not moral and that's not just and that's why we don't argue for for policies based on empathy we argue for policies based on reason but that's right so we're, we're gonna move on to the next tweet now which is by ben shapiro so what ben shapiro said isn't really bad uh there it goes. or even really it's not even really wrong uh but we do disagree with it and we do want to talk about it I, I, I think his second part's wrong. So, all right, let's just read it. He, he goes on, uh, he puts a few tweets, and he does point to David French's article as an opposing point of view from his, which is, which is nice. Um, I think that may have something to do with the fact that he realized that he didn't really think through his first tweet, in my opinion. Well, I, I, I think if he regrets his first tweet, he would have openly said it. Uh, I just think he's putting David French's tweet up in fairness. Yeah, that's, that's possible. He could be. He could have uh, a. If I had to guess, he, maybe maybe he has he has a disagreement with some of the guys in uh, Daily Wire on this specific issue. So he knows that there's going to be a lot of backlash. So he's like, eh, I'm going to go. I ahead know and he has a disagreement. Uh, he. I know him and Matt Walsh disagree on this. Yeah, yeah, I would assume so. That's that's the one thing Matt Walsh is. I, I am, I'm not going to get on him. Um, so two things. Sorry, I'm like yelling in the mic right here. Um. <laughs> Two things can be true at once. The Alabama bill is morally correct. The Alabama bill is a strategic mistake, given, that the, fa given the fact the Supreme Court will not overrule Roe. So, all right, my initial thought on this tweet, probably the most important one whenever it comes to actually what are we going to push as public policy, my initial thought on this tweet was that by this logic, we should never pass, and I don't know why he hasn't criticized it in this way in the past, but we should never pass any law that bans abortion before 21 weeks. Because from my understanding, the Roe versus Wade argument was that before viability, the child does not have individual rights, essentially, is what they were arguing. And the mother has individual rights, and therefore she can kill the child until it's viable. And then once it's viable, for whatever arbitrary reason, the so-called right to privacy that Roe versus Wade invented out of thin air that they say is in the Constitution no longer applies. Yeah, yeah, and it was expanded upon in the case Planned Parenthood versus something. I don't remember the other name. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's a really good so, point. And that's what yeah. I haven't actually thought of yet. Is, uh, but you're absolutely right. Uh, then what's the point of having any heartbeat bill? Uh, yeah, he should have criticized the heartbeat bill in the same way. But he didn't. Why? Because the heartbeat bill is not as uncomfortable to wrap your head around. This mm -hmm. one's uncomfortable. This one makes people, even pro-life people, a little bit uncomfortable. And they have to sit back and go, okay. Am I uncomfortable because this is not a moral law or am I uncomfortable because I've been so um, um, entrenched in a culture for my entire life that is okay with the death of unborn infants? Well, I, I think it's a little difficult. I think the reason people get, when conservatives and pro-life people get uncomfortable about this law is because it's everything they ever wanted and they're not used to taking the initiative and doing that. It's something <laughs> conservatives aren't used to. Yeah, that's, that's possibly true. Yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Uh, 
And so, so what Ben is saying is he, he, he is in no way in disagreement with the law. Uh, he, I, he, on his podcast, he did talk about how he does think it's a very good law. It is morally correct. He just thinks that strategically it's a mistake, which I, I think is a fine argument because I think his second part of the tweet is correct. I don't think that the Supreme Court will overturn it, overrule it, overrule Roe v. Wade. But this is where we differ is despite that, I think that every state should be passing laws like this and challenging the Supreme Court. Because yeah. one, the idea that the Supreme Court is the law of the land is really not true. Uh, judicial supremacy is not a thing written to the Constitution. It's a thing that the Supreme Court gave to itself under uh, Marbury versus Madison, not under judicial review. Uh, and so I don't think it should be treated as such. The Supreme Court has checks and balances on it too. And for the Supreme Court to have no checks and balance on its eye on nine judges who get to say if the state can kill babies or not, it's just outrageous because it's not actually true. Thomas Jefferson actually uh, thought this too. Thomas Jefferson was very angry about the idea of judicial supremacy and judicial review mm -hmm. because he was scared that judges would uh, – we wouldn't actually be concerned with the text of the Constitution, but they'll be concerned with with their party platforms and their ideological beliefs. And he was absolutely right about that. Um, so I think all states should be trying to challenge this, uh, be trying to challenge the Supreme Court whenever possible. Like you said earlier, this is one of the functions of federalism of the states. is 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 another check. The states are a check on the federal government, and in this case, on the Supreme Court. Yeah, and if in just to be very simple, if, if this isn't a hill to die on there is no hill to die on like if there's if there's ever a reason to defy the supreme court and say no you want to you want to enforce your law the the if 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 the you know liberals get control of the house and senate and presidency if y'all want to enforce this ruling by the supreme court that says that we should legally allow the murder of unborn babies simply out of convenience then enforce it send the feds to our state this this should be the response of alabama if they if they if they overrule it. send the feds with their I guns to the state and we'll deal with this because this is the hill to die on this is not this is not an argument about some nuanced economic belief or something like that this is this is literally right around 800 850,000 babies per year over the last 10 years have been killed in abortion 62 million i think since 1973 whenever Roe versus Wade passed these are actual babies most in, in, in abortions yeah. already have arms, legs, limbs, hearts, lungs, livers. They're literally being sucked apart into, through tubes. In but the city of New York, more black babies are aborted than they are born. Yes, exactly. This is the hill to die on. Yeah, uh, and I totally agree with that. And that's why everyone should be in support of Georgia and Alabama and other states doing it. I know Arkansas is doing one. I think Texas might, but I think the legislative session is ending soon. But Texas yeah. is usually pretty good on this stuff. They're so always... Our, Oh, I have so much to say about the Texas one. Um, yeah. Well, we'll have to do that one next week. We won't have enough time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we are going to get to our very last thing. Uh, so uh, as some of y'all might know, uh, letthemlive.org has actually been uh, shadow banned from Instagram. So for those who don't know what letthemlive.org is, it's, it's a website and an organization uh, run by Emily Burning and Nathan Burning in which they do a lot of great pro-life activism, and they're actually on a tour called uh, Take, Pink, Take Pink Back Tour, which is uh, in reference to Planned Parenthood, Take Pink Away From Them, Give It Back To Us. Uh, they're really good people. They've been fighting for the pro-life side for a long time. Emily has personally told me that she thinks the reason God put her on earth is to fight uh, abortion, uh, which I think is true because she fights it like no one else. 
Uh, I'm also, in full disclosure, I'm a writer on letthemlive.org. If you go look at their articles, uh, the newest ones are by me. Uh, so this is something that is uh, kind of close to me too because I want to see it do well. And Daily Wire and Cassie Dillon just ran a story about it today, uh, the recording of this podcast about them getting shadow banned. And basically what happened is on Instagram, they completely shadow banned letthemlive.org. They have wiped out all their hashtags, their, uh, all their all the ability, all the ways that you use Instagram to get connected. I never used Instagram in my life, so I'm not that familiar with it. But all the ways that you use it get con to get connected, like uh, the hashtags and all that, they're uh, they're not allowed to use them anymore, and their the reach to people has dropped dramatically. Uh, and it's it's a really big problem, and it's an it's evident more of these tech giants censoring conservatives and uh, pro-life people. And l let's be honest, the reason they censor pro-life people is because we are winning. All the new, every new poll coming out shows that the majority of Americans are in favor of restrictions on abortion. Uh, the pro-life movement has been growing really strong in the past two uh, years. And the left is very scared of it, which is why they're trying to censor them now. Uh, Let Them Live is actually having a rally in California right outside the headquarters of Instagram. So you can go onto their Facebook and they'll have details about that. I don't know if the details are on the website yet. Uh, you could probably go look at their Instagram and their Twitter too. I believe they, they tweeted out about it. Uh, so go check out all their social media and give them a follow on everything uh, because they're doing really good work and they have been getting really big lately. Within just three months, I think they've gotten around 4,000 followers on uh, Twitter. They went from about 7,000 followers to about 12,000 now, uh, which is really impressive for them. So go give them a shout out. Go take a look at them. Uh, try to support them wherever you can because this is something we should be fighting and this and this is a big problem of conservative censorship and make it backfire on instagram get them make them bigger let everyone know that they exist now and uh that's my uh, two cents about it yeah exactly i the only thing i have to say about this is i, I was reading a article a few days ago um i have some friends that are well i don't know i'm gonna give you that i was i was reading an article a few days ago and um this lady was kind of like trying to debunk the idea that that the unplanned movie was an orchestrated the, the unplanned movie getting getting banned and then getting reinstated and the follower accounts being all crazy for a while was uh wasn't like an orchestrated attack to try to reduce the influence of the movie which completely backfired by the way because they had like yeah they got like three hundred thousand people in like two days it has to be the largest increase in followers on you on, on uh, twitter ever in it the history of twitter. Broke twitter yeah yeah so so this isn't like but the problem is if this happened one time we wouldn't be acting like like this is a big deal you know that, that excuse of well you know it's just a glitch in the system something wrong with whatever but it happens over and over and over another example is live action Live action can't put ads on Twitter. I think just Twitter for now. Can't put ads on Twitter because I, I, I don't know why. I think it has something to do with like they don't want the images of it. Yeah, it's the same thing. Let them live. Every most images let them live puts on Facebook and Twitter do get censored, and you have to uh, you have to manually go look at them to see them because yeah. they're considered too dangerous or sensitive for people. Which is kind of hilarious and contradicting of yeah. of these because you know shout your abortion, but at the same time we can't you can't see a picture of a fetus because it might be disturbing to some viewers, which is an admission that abortion is disturbing. So the question is, if yeah, this is exactly it. 
it's an admission that's it's disturbing. If there was some medical organization that put a picture of a liver up to demonstrate like what happens whenever you drink a lot and it was like this this funky looking liver that was all jacked up from somebody who just died because he drank himself to death nobody would like be like oh we definitely need to ban that because that's too gruesome producer dan's making noise now Come producer, on, producer dan. dan producer dan uh but producer no, dan is part of the globalist elite he's turning the frogs here that was horrible that wasn't even close I see. I got to work on it again. I gotta yeah, you got to get it. All right. So Alex Jones, I can do like 10 minutes Alex Jones voice, and then I can't talk for like two weeks. I don't well, understand how he does it. Well, before we uh, sign off, I'm, I'm going to give our viewers some news. We actually have an interview with Alex Jones coming up soon, so keep an eye out for that. It's uh, not going to an interview. Yeah, I have an interview with Alex gonna, Jones. I'll probably have to use the restroom that, that whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, Matt will be there with me, We just, but he will uh, – He'll be there in spirit, I guess, is the best way to say it. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out for that because that's going to be a fun one. Uh, yep. Anyways, that's going to be it for us today. We'll have it as long as the, uh, the pedophile government and the, the globalists don't try to shut it down. <laughs> we gotta... Exactly. The, uh, the extra dimensional oh, what was the it? Dimensional child molesters. The extra dimensional child molesters. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, that's going to be it for us. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I'm John Douglas. That was Matt Travis, and we'll be here again next week.